This podcast is for informational purposes only and does not constitute legal, tax, investment, financial, or other advice. It is not intended to cause or induce breach of an existing agency agreement. Hello? 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 This is the Vancouver Weather State Podcast. And welcome back to Vancouver Real Estate Podcast. I'm your host, Adam Scalina. And I'm your other host, Matt Scalina. And Matt, I should say host, but also agents with Oakwind Realty in uh, Vancouver. What a phenomenal show we have for the new year. This is episode two. Episode two, that's right. 2024. And this is about developing habits as a real estate investor. And it's about Vancouver, but it can be applied to almost any sub-market across, well, across the world. You know what? What's spurred this on, and I said it last week, like you came up with this idea. I think we all kind of talked end a year about rereading Atomic Habits, right? Which yeah. is this book that has really crystallized a lot of the things that a lot of people already did, but also kind of spurred on new ways of developing habits. And one thing that we've talked a lot about is over the years, so many people have came and went and said, Hey, I'm going to buy a property this year. And then you kind of talk to them eight, nine, 10 months later, it's November. They're getting ready for their holidays. And you're like, Hey, what'd you buy? I haven't got around to that yet. Like it's just, it's a goal that is easy to talk about doing tomorrow. And if you don't set up the proper habits and the systems in order to get there, there's a good chance You'll you're, never get. You're there. never going to get there because the en- there's energy required, and it it takes some thoughtful engagement upfront to make sure you're set in the right direction. Yeah, and there's really there's there's five things we talk about, kind of adding into your daily routine this episode, and and things that we do ourselves that it's more about kind of focusing on the process and not the outcome. Exactly. Right? And in many ways, I think the outcome of buying a property or getting into the the market or whatever market you're looking at, you know, the outcome is a byproduct of just having this process, this ongoing process. A hundred percent. And the worst case scenario is you really just learn a market, you know? And I mean, and the reality is, is there's value there. Oh, a hundred percent. So I mean, if that's the only thing you do this year, you're probably doing all right. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. So, I mean, this is a great show for just kind of, and, and if you're an agent, this is stuff you should probably be doing in your marketplace anyway. So I think it's going to be valuable if you're in the industry. If you are somebody that is really, you know, wanting to be a real estate investor though, this is kind of a key insight into the the consistency that it takes to actually monitor and really truly understand a market and what's going on in it. So I think this is a, a pretty good show that way. Absolutely. And the, and the last thing I'll say is, you know, we always talk about private client services at the end of the show, our real estate research tool. We talk about the live wire where we send out stats. We talk about a host of things to make this process uh, frictionless yeah. and easier, right? We've been doing this for a long time. A big part of our service is to take away the friction in these situation. So yeah. if, and if you want to buy a revenue property and you want to use us, you know, we'll just tell you what to buy for a revenue <laughs> property and help you buy it, uh, or at least guide you and, and talk to you about what your goals are and probably, yeah, we can probably, the, we can probably right take direction. out some of these habits. Yeah. But I mean, really this is, this is more so kind of general as a real estate show, what types of things, if you're going into other markets, these are good practices. If you're somebody that wants to have a number of doors you want to monitor a market and, and really learn a market. Or just get out. into the market, period. Yeah. And you're you're somebody that likes to do your own research and be comfortable in, in understanding the values, et cetera. It's more from that perspective. So 100%. So stay tuned for that. Before we get to that, Adam, we are January 10th yes. right now. I feel like here's my take on what's going on. We were at the end of November, I was feeling fairly pessimistic. December, as most people know, seemed to be like 
the Christmas cheer ran really hot. Everybody was yeah. getting really excited. And and when I say that, I mean uh, about, stock, Christmas. about Christmas. Also, stock market went on a yeah. went on a, a really strong rally. Had a really strong end of the year. All the forecasts about interest rates came out. Everybody was getting very excited about this year. The first ten days, as you say in this episode, I think is still. TBD. TBD. It's but maybe not optimism. Cool. It's, it's still very optimistic. Maybe tempered slightly from that that kind of crescendo we hit at the end of last year. But we're still we're still in a very exciting spot, but in that TBD moment. Yeah, it feels to me at least everybody, you know, first thing I do always when for the first couple of weeks of January is touch base, talk to people, talk to people in the industry, talk to our kind of our business partners talk to uh, people that we're actively working with, there seems to be a lot more optimism out there. You know who we haven't talked to yet? Who's that? The guys from MLA. And oh, I just want to... I just nice little segue. A nice little segue because this is really exciting. Past guest fan favorite. We have the co-founders of MLA coming up in a couple of weeks. MLA Canada. It's Ryan Lalonde and Cameron McNeil. The advisory team. The advisory team. They're back. They're back in the studio they are launching the MLA Intel 2024 edition. Right. So, so what this is, Adam, and they've talked about it before on the show, this is their annual market intelligence report with key takeaways from 2023 and insight into what 2024 has in store for the pre-sale market in BC. So you're talking to people on the ground, so am I, but the guys that I really want to hear from here, Ryan Lalonde and Cameron McNeil from MLA Canada. So these guys, yeah. So this report covers macroeconomic and, and market fundamentals affecting the real estate market. This is a pre-sale market overview, resale performance, rental and sub-market analyses, product design trends going on in new construction, and of course, a pre-sale forecast for 2024. And this is the best part. We are getting the first insight into MLA Intel on our show coming at the end of January. This is really exciting. So we're getting this end of January. I just wanted to say two things. It's always great having these guys. One, we talk to a lot of people. We have BCREA's chief economist, Brendan Augmentson, next week. That's going to be fantastic. I'm really looking forward to that. But what I like about Ryan and Cameron is these guys have skin in the game. Yes a lot of skin in the game and they work with people, the development community, they're big players in that space and they work with people with a lot of skin in the game. So the analysis is sharp and it is basically what people who are putting money into this market are thinking. You and cannot make mistakes part. with this analysis. You don't want to make mistakes. You don't want to make mistakes. Analysis. And yeah, and you're actually right. It takes away from the kind of the airy fairy uh yeah. Kind of just, uh, what's your forecast? Eh, hey, I'll give you whatever I think. Cause you know, no, it doesn't exactly. much matter to me. That's what's really exciting about having these guys on all the time. It's the iron sharpens iron. And you know what? It's uh, last but not least, if you want to be on MLA Canada's newsletter, just to make sure that you get actually the MLA Intel 2024 edition, you can sign up at MLACanada.com. You'll get it on the day when it launches, but you also hear about it here first on the Vancouver Real Estate Podcast on the end of, uh, at the end of January. We will be updating you on when this show's coming. It's coming soon. Super exciting. Absolutely. And last but not least, Adam, this podcast is sponsored by Scalina Real Estate. This is our real estate firm. We wanted to just highlight quickly one of our listings that's hitting the market on Monday, Unit 86 at 19696 Hammond Road. This is a three-bed, three-bath townhome built in 2021 by Mosaic. Nobody does townhome, wood frame townhome developments like Mosaic in my mind. And Pitt Meadows is a perfect place for families, short distance to really great schools, shopping, numerous parks, yeah. Pitt Lake, Osprey Village. It's it's really its own community now. And it's just fantastic. fantastic. If you want to learn more about this listing, head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com where we have all of our featured listings right now. And you can also hit sell with us to get the sold plan. This is our plan to get your home sold quickly and for top dollar. Yeah, it's the it's a step-by-step guide, Matt, for getting your home sold for top dollar in the shortest amount of time. It's available on our site. It's our most popular downloaded document to date. Head over and click sell with us and get your copy of the sold plan. It's an instant download. That's at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And maybe we'll cut to uh, you and me. Having a conversation. Having a conversation about habits. Enjoy. 
This podcast is sponsored by Marcon, a local family-owned and managed real estate development and construction company that's been around for nearly four decades. Marcon is not only committed to high-quality construction, but it also is making a positive impact in the communities in which it builds all across the Lower Mainland. We want to highlight two incredible Marcon projects. Elmwood, a 38-story tower located at Burquitlam's most important intersection, Como Lake Avenue and Clark Road. This landmark tower will feature 335 condominiums, over 37,000 square feet of office and retail space, and almost 20,000 square feet of amenity space. Elmwood has been incredibly popular with 80% sold currently, but they still have a great selection of junior one-bedroom all the way to three-bedroom homes remaining. Check out markon.ca slash Elmwood for more. And Matt, we are also excited about Sone House, Markon's newest community in West Coquitlam. With 165 homes ranging from junior one beds to three beds, Sone House offers the perfect West Coast aesthetic with a more nuanced Nordic-inspired design. Register today at markon.ca slash Sonehouse. That's S-O-E-N-H-A-U-S. Or you can learn more at markon.ca or follow them at Instagram at markonhomes. Markon, building for life. Okay, Matt. So here we are, second episode of the year, and we are talking about the daily habits that you need to take on or that you can take on to become a better real estate investor in Vancouver. This is applicable to many markets, but we're talking about Vancouver specifically. I'm going to be even clearer. These are the essential habits. Essential. The okay. essential daily habits to find the perfect investment property in Vancouver. And and really what this is about is developing a system for identifying amazing opportunities on a regular and consistent basis. So if somebody said to you, you know, I want to buy three doors this year, right? Just say, for example, I want to buy two condos this year. Yeah. Instead of having a goal like that, distill it down to what do I need to do on a daily basis to find the best opportunities out there? And that's what this is, what we're talking about today. That's what we're really talking about. Yeah. And I think this, as as we mentioned last week, I mean, it, it comes from James Clear's Atomic Habits, which I think everybody is a book most people we talk to really enjoyed. But right. one of the things that when I first read that book, it it really drove home was you kind of start the year or, you know, it's usually the start of the year, but at any point you say, okay, here, I have a new goal. It's like, I'm going to buy a property this year and it's January. And, you know, you kind of wake up in September, October and go, still haven't bought that property. I've kind of <laughs> forgot about it. It got really busy. What just happened? <laughs> right? So right. this is not just setting goals, but creating those habits and those systems in order to you focus on the small and you achieve the large. And and the reason I want because these things we're going to talk about today, we've been doing these ourselves for 10 plus years, right? That's right. And so this is the thing. And, and you know what? Like buying real estate is almost a byproduct of just doing these things. Right. Do you and know it, what I mean? Yeah, it, yeah absolutely. And, and so really what it is, is it's small changes that are going to have an impact, a big impact on your success. The results are you'll actually buy a property. You're going to get a, the deal that you want. You're not going to be missing opportunities and you're really going to learn a market inside out, which is what the goal really at the end of the day, if you understand a market, even if you don't end up with a property, but you really have a thorough understanding of a market, it's a win. Yeah. Well, it's a win for sure. Because one of the things that, you know, in training new realtors or helping investors enter into the marketplace is it's really hard to establish value. Right. Right. Like that's one of the trickiest things to, to the, the lay eye. Is that a good deal? Why is that a good deal? Is that price seem right? And through these processes we're going to outline today, you start to intuit very quickly. Hey, this looks interesting and here's why. And that's half the battle. And that actually applies to everything we're talking about because I, I feel like that's everything, right? Whether you're talking about the specific opportunities or when whether you're talking about learning the market and understanding the nuances of the market, it takes time for them to become clear. Like it's just, it's almost like it's, it's when you're first doing it for a lot of people that are new to real estate, this is going to be like, it's going to be like Braille basically, you know, trying to read Braille for your first time. And then over time, you're going to start to recognize similarities and patterns. And then it's almost like you can't unsee the things. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. So let's get to it. 
All right, let's do it. So number one is you have to start devouring everything. So local news, municipal politics, anything related to your marketplace, you should be doing daily deep dives into what's going on in news related. So say for Vancouver, you should be knowing what's happening in the news. You should be understanding what the nuances in the city, the direction of the city, what's happening at the politics level, what's happening with zoning changes. There's been a lot of big announcements this year around real estate. If you're not listening, if you're not paying attention, it can really make you make either a great investment or a, or a bad investment. Yeah. I mean, the the fact is, is over the last couple of years, like let's just think of the last 18 months, right? Right. On the financing side, we've seen great volatility. We've seen a huge rush up in interest rates. We've seen crazy bond fluctuations. We've also seen the provincial government come in and mandate zoning changes to the city very recently. The federal government's been involved. There's Airbnb restrictions. Like it is, there's not a more dynamic environment than the last couple of years in Vancouver, yeah. not to mention things like St. Paul's Hospital being built over the viaduct, Broadway line, the Broadway corridor plan. There's a lot to know. And it seems, you know, we say this all the time, but it's like, in a lot of ways, it's eating an elephant, right? Because right. you're like, just listing that off, like I'm getting anxious, but just start consuming every day to really get a sense of, okay, what's going on? Where's the city headed? Where does all of this suggest the opportunities are within your budget? And the way to do that, to get kind of fluent is first of all, listen to podcasts like this, right. of course, but that's literally why we started this podcast, right? Like this exactly week, why. Th- these were the questions in 2014, 2015, that we were sitting around talking about and decided, hey, why don't we buy some mics and start talking about it? And then it became, let's talk to, hey, these developers are you know, doing this on a larger scale. Let's talk to them. Let's talk to economists. Let's talk to planners just to really get a sense of what's going on in the city. And so podcasts like this, but also, of course, just spending that 20 minutes to a half hour to really devour what's going on, not only macro, like financially what's happening, but also that minutia, especially in the neighborhoods or cities you're interested in. Totally. And I would even take that a step further. And I mean, you, you brought up developers. That's the other thing too. Like what projects are coming to the area or to the city that you're interested in? Like, for example, I mean, if you're, you know, say you're looking out by one of the SkyTrain hubs in the lower mainland, Brentwood, for example, what projects are coming? What amenities, what commercial spaces are are going to be leased and filled? What is coming to that immediate neighborhood, right? So it's even more than knowing the municipal level or the politics around the city or the major infrastructure projects. It's just knowing the projects in general. That, that's a super good point. And we're going to talk about stats in a minute. But one you know, sign over the last couple of years of where the market's heading or where it's stronger than not is where developers are actually launching, right? right? Because certain projects are being shelved, others are launching. And if you've been watching over the last couple of years, it's pretty clear where developers are seeing success and launching projects, right? Like there was, when we had Bo Jarvis on talking about Metrotown, there's four or five large developers all launching around the same time in Metrotown, having great success for Quitlam. I mean, there's been, you know, in the slowest markets, the absorption seems there, So that's just another way to kind of see in Metro Vancouver what's happening and where people are moving. Absolutely. So the first one then is devour everything you can from local news to municipal, at the municipal level, what's going on around zoning, around infrastructure projects, policy at the provincial level, of course. And then, of course, following kind of the trends and nuances in the market for new developments and that sort of thing as well. Moving on to number two. You know, I just want to say too, uh, we used to do this. We stopped doing this, but shout out to MLA. They actually have somebody who's compiling. I don't know if they do it daily. They might do it daily, literally compiling news stories. Right. So you get an email where it's like, bang, 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 bang. You got four or five, anything relation to Metro Vancouver real estate yeah. is there. So so there are lists to get on. And of course we have or the live Or you can wire. set up, I, I used to do this, right. but set up the you, Google so it would flag like certain keywords like Vancouver real estate or whatever. But yeah, whatever it is that it deserves 15 minutes a day. Yeah, we're probably time. not the ones to, to explain how tech works. But <laughs> <that>. <laughs> Number two is 
Market stats. Okay, so this is another thing that you should be kind of daily, weekly looking at. I would say the news, local news, devouring everything, that's a daily basis. Second thing is market stats. This is something that if you have access to data that's changing daily, for sure you can review it daily. I know we look at a lot of stats and and inventory on a daily basis, but more realistic, I think it's more of like a weekly or bi-weekly. We're looking at kind of sub-markets. Stats come out monthly, so you'll get a really good snapshot of the market every month. The problem is, is that you know it's it's from the previous months, so it's not always perfectly up to date, but it will give you a good sense. But the reality is, is you should be looking at sub markets, you should be looking at sales ratios, and you should be understanding what's going on in that sub market that you're monitoring. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. And we've said this before, but you know we subscribe to a service called Snapstats where yeah. the sales ratios are actually outlined for all the sub markets. Uh, and we send that out every month to anyone who subscribes to the Livewire. But that is an incredible document because you can literally, you know, drill down. Okay, I'm looking for studios in Yale Town. Right. Well, what's the sales ratio? You you have price bands. You have specific enough as to the West End, Yale Town, Coal Harbor, downtown, the downtown east side, wherever you're looking. You can drill down into those areas and at that price point to say, okay. You know, Metro Vancouver is doing well. My submarket is is definitely a buyer's market. You yeah. Know? So it's it's super useful to have that kind of insight. Well, yeah, and and sometimes you get, and this is what's odd because it it really works when you're selling a property or, or helping a seller, where maybe the area, the location is not doing well. It's a buyer's market, for example, but then the price band is incredibly active. So it's like. Okay, well, the good news is we're between six and seven hundred thousand, and everything is getting absorbed at this price. Point. Right. You know what I mean? So, as a buyer, the flip side of that is if you're looking for a really great opportunity, but you're looking in either the price band or the area is in a seller's market, it probably means you, in many cases, you can't really sleep on that opportunity. Absolutely. So, we have daily devouring of news. Yes. At the very least monthly, but you're reviewing stats and we're reviewing them. I mean, we have access to the stats center where we're reviewing stats there, but we're sending out monthly stats. Right. Next up is daily listings review. Yeah. This is a non-negotiable. So this is something that you should have every morning scheduled time if you really want to understand a market. And this information, I should say, is both of us have invested outside of Vancouver and we've had to learn other markets, right? right. And, and this is really, uh, it can be painful to, to go into a new market and learn the nuances, especially if you know your own city so well, and really you have to get up to speed. And it, it's, it's not always an easy task. But the good news is that if you start to do this in, in kind of like bite-sized increments, over time, you'll get a really, really great understanding of, of what's going on in that market. Listings are key. Because if you get a refined search for a certain market, so a certain price point and a certain sub-market and a certain type of product that you're looking for, you're going to start to see value and recognize value in that marketplace. And it's not going to happen the first time you start looking. There's probably going to be questions. Why is this cheap? Mm -hmm. Maybe it's leasehold, right? Or maybe it's whatever. Maybe the building. Maybe it's a dog. Maybe it's a dog. Why is this more expensive than everything, right? Maybe it's it, there could be a lot of reasons, right? Yeah. But the the point is is that you're going to start to at first you're going to have questions about things and after a while you're going to be able to not only know the answers but be able to recognize the oper- the good from the bad from the ugly, really. Yeah. So every morning this is and you know I often think in the last couple of years purchasing for ourselves yeah. in, in Vancouver, it's wake up, get a cup of coffee totally. at the office. And it's the, the best. F- the first thing you do is start scanning listings, you know, whether it's hot sheets or a private client service yeah. uh, search that you have, looking at what came out that day. And you're see- looking at sold prices as well. Totally. Doesn't take a ton of time. Like you said, it might be like Braille at first or or like, you know, a blur that slowly comes into focus over time as to what you're actually looking for. Um, but you have to do that because if you're not looking at those listings, first of all, if you don't know the market or you, you're not confident, you're not going to get more confident. You're going to be that person in, in November that says, again, I'm thinking of buying a property this year. Sure. I haven't made any steps towards that. But secondly, 
there's opportunities that you're going to miss if you're yeah. not focused day in, day out on reviewing what's coming to the market, what the price changes are, what's going on. You're going to miss those opportunities. Yeah, you're going to miss the opportunities if, if you don't do this. And that's for sure. I mean, we often talk about how if you have an alert system, this is great as well. So an alert system will notify you when there's a new listing. So maybe it doesn't, it's, it's not in your list of listings at 10 a.m., but say you're out later on and uh, you know, you're know you walking your dog and you get an alert at three o'clock in the afternoon. If you're really serious about finding a deal, you got to open your phone and look at it and take a quick look and see. It's not that hard. See. It's not that hard. It'll, Everybody's it'll, busy, but it ain't that hard. It'll populate and pretty soon you'll know kind of, should I explore this further? And so this is, this is the reason that you want to, you want to just familiarize yourself with the types of listings. And I promise after a while of doing this, the values are going to present themselves. Question uh, that I've had often, I'll put it to you, Adam. I'm looking for a deal. I'm not wedded to any neighborhood. Right. Maybe I should focus on Metro Vancouver. Maybe I should focus on all of Vancouver. Maybe I should focus on Burnaby, Richmond, and Coquitlam, and Vancouver if there's a good deal. What are your thoughts on this? I mean, how much time is reasonable to be spending with with reviewing listings. I think I think realistic well I mean it depends if you have a if you have a ton of time and and you're better organized than than most sure try and tackle Me- meant, but also in your your own mind as well cuz those those submarkets are are fundamentally different and Fundament- totally different. Yeah. And I think like my my logic my my in terms of my investment strategy over time I would say that I start off fairly focused about what I want. You know, I have an, a region picked out. I generally have a price band. I know which properties kind of work in that price band. And that's kind of where I'll, I'll hone in. But then I won't be closed off from other opportunities. So if something else comes in and somebody says, hey, have you checked out this other market? Or, hey, there's, there's a project that's happening here. You should really look at that. It's not like I'm, I'm like hardline. No, I won't, I won't explore other opportunities. I'm a fan of kind of, honing in on what you want and at least having something that's a manageable search because I think too many options can really lead to somebody basically just procrastinating. Procrastination. I almost had one of those. Procrastinating. You almost had a stroke. I know, exactly. I was like arm numb. <laughs> but yeah, no, that procrastination. That's what it can actually lead well, to. Well, I, I feel like there's two things just thinking about this. One is... Yeah, I think it's it's not a full-time job for most people. Right. But analysis paralysis or, or paralysis by analysis or what, however you want to say it is a real thing. Yeah. And I, we should have said this with the news, right? Because that that is the one kind of caveat with the news. I'm a huge fan of consuming as much and trying to understand as much uh, as possible about what's going on and what impacts this market in, in terms of where we're at, where we're going. But you don't want to be overwhelmed. Right. And, and caveat, you want to be, you want to be cautious of who you listen to. Well, this is the thing. And if how, you are, where are they getting their information? Right. Are they operating in the market? I mean, if, if you're, there's some certain groups out there that will prevent you from doing anything. Exactly. So you, you want to be in the know, but you don't want to be overwhelmed. And that's the same with listings. Yeah. If you can, if you can focus in on a specific neighborhood with a specific idea of what you're investing in, that's best you're going to take up not too much of your day. You're going to actually look at the listings every day. It's going to get easier over time. And for most people, it becomes enjoyable. And and here's one other thing I'll say about that is if you go through a market like that and you A, learn it, B, run scenarios on it, C, even find stuff that falls within you know what your initial goals are, and you realize that this is not the market for you, then maybe it's time to pivot. Right. You can change course. But it's good to have a little bit of direction and do some upfront work before you're at this daily habit kind of schedule, right? Absolutely. Absolutely. So we've got news, we've got stats, we've got reviewing listings. These are all daily. The next one, analysis. Hey, everyone. Pardon the interruption. We just want to take a quick minute to thank the following sponsors who make this show possible. This podcast is sponsored by Common Ground Consulting. Are you developing in the Lower Mainland? 
Common Ground Consulting is a development management and consulting company with experience in single family, townhouses, multifamily, and commercial developments. What I love about Common Ground, Adam, is they manage the whole development process from due diligence and feasibility reports for initial purchase of land to completing rezoning, development permits, and building permits. They streamline the whole process with strong relationships with sub-consultants and municipalities and a deep understanding of all city requirements. Common Ground Consulting. Feasibility and efficiency prioritized every step of the way. Learn more at commonground-consulting.com or 604-807-6419. We are also sponsored by Oakland Realty. This is our real estate brokerage, best brokerage in the city, hands down. If you are in the industry, a new agent, an aspiring agent, somebody just looking to make a change, new culture, new energy, new resources, head over to oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. That's oakland.com slash join, type in VRP 2020. Not only do you get to meet Michael Morgan and the gang, the big wigs over at Oakland, you get a huge incentive for first going to oakland.com slash join, typing in VRP 2020. Analysis. So this is um, one that I am constantly doing, and we should say we haven't always been. This is we, our, our kind of uh, system has evolved. Yeah. And I, I, I meet spreadsheet people all the time. There's a lot of them in this, Mo- this industry. Melissa there's from a, our team is a spreadsheet There's person. been tons that have actually been on the program where you're like, you just know you're like, that guy has 15 spreadsheets just for like how he got here. Yeah, right? exactly. So yeah. Calculating gas and everything, right? But it, this is the thing. My Kalawak can take up the stairs. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> but this, but this is this is it, right? And we haven't always been those people. And I would argue we're not those people. But we have spreadsheets for certain. Yeah, things not that by we, nature, but that we uh, do. But they do work. Well, this is it. And and uh, like for me, I have a um, investment property spreadsheet that I have open, a tab opened at all times when I'm reviewing a market, and I just run the numbers in real time if I think something. Looks good. So what that might look like when you're a new investor going into an area is you might have to kind of figure out, say, what the rents are or figure out, break down the numbers, figure out what the strata fee or HOA is. You're going to have to probably do a little bit of legwork to start populating the numbers. Right. But once you've done that a handful of times, it's going to start getting a lot easier. And there's also going to be signs when things work versus when they won't work, right? And that's going to weed out a lot of properties based on what your goals are. You know, whatever your cap rate is or whatever kind of rents you're looking for, it's all going to determine what you end up running. But you want to be running numbers on a consistent basis. It's going to teach you, again, kind of the good properties from the bad properties. And it's also going to be one of those where when you further explore and you realize, oh, wow, there's actually a lot of meat on the bone with this one that would prompt, okay, I got to see this. I got to get in to see this property. Right. Because I think one of the clear things with the analysis that is in the other window, right? A a Google doc or Excel or whatever you're using is clear objectives, right? right? What are my goals? And have a very specific in that Excel spreadsheet where you punch in the numbers and if it works, hey, this is interesting. We've done a number of renovation projects. Yeah. Let's talk about what that looks like because well, you're, would, lo- you're looking at, okay, what kind of improvement, what are the costs to an improvement and where can we land on the resale on this property? Like yeah. what, how does that actually look in a spreadsheet as an example? Well, as an example, like, so, well, there's a couple, there's three spreadsheets that we would typically have. One would be just as a revenue property alone. One would be as just a flip alone. And then one would be like a hybrid of the two, mm-hmm. right? Where you could add value, but then keep it. Hold it. And hold it. Yeah. Almost like something like a, a variation on the burr. Right. Right. Without the refinance component, if you don't want to refinance it. So that's that's basically, those are the three kind of calculations that we would typically have. And if you were looking at something like a, you'd have to run all your costs. So your purchase price, what your carrying costs are, what your PTT, any costs associated with closing on the property. And then what your renovation costs are, uh, the after renovation value of of what you think you can sell it for, any costs associated with the sales, sale of the property, et cetera. We usually run about a more of a worst case scenario of about a five month hold on that. Even though in most renovation projects, it's more like three months. And you have to hit your percentage that you hope to hit 
and that percentage will calculate. And with our spreadsheets, it's, you know, it's a green light when you hit your, your percentage and it spells out what the percentage is. And if not, it's, it's red. And, so the, and, and right. And so the spreadsheet literally has all of those numbers in it. You plug in a couple on, on each individual property. If it works, let's go take a look. If it doesn't move on. And this is a daily activity when yeah. you're monitoring a market. But, and, and those with the, with the actual renovations, it's not like you're seeing, it's not a daily in Vancouver, at least where you're seeing properties that might work no, there, but, no, but you're monitoring every day. It's few and far between, but yeah, we are monitoring every day. And I, I think the big thing though, is that, like I said, if you spend enough time looking at the listings and running the numbers, you get to the point where you're actually developing a skill set of knowing right off the bat, well, that's not going to pencil. Mm-hmm. That's too much work. Right. Right. Or there's no way I'm getting a thousand... 50 a foot for this location or 1200 a foot for this location, which is what I need for this to actually make sense. Right. To even go see it. Exactly. Okay. So we have news, stats, review listings, analysis every day. We also got networking. Now, networking, I feel like now I've listened to too much, uh, what's his name? Rideout. Ken Rideout. Uh, Ken Rideout, the the marathon runner, ultraman, yeah. makes a point of saying, if you're calling it networking, you're doing it wrong. Because the whole idea of going out to network sure. is, is like a, we an authentic that. activity. But with that said, networking is a crucial component, whether you're trying to get into investing in your first studio apartment or you and a couple partners are trying to get a studio apartment up to whatever goal you have, right? Networking is absolutely crucial. Yeah. And the reason why is it happens so often, you just in, in, first of all, it's educational, right? If you're talking to people in the space, doing the things that you want to be doing, you're learning, you're learning all the time. You're talking to other people with boots on the ground, but it's amazing over time, how many opportunities actually present themselves that you wouldn't have had you not been kind of in the know. And it, it takes, it takes that first initial step of actually getting in touch with people, doing what you want to be doing and maintaining contact and showing a level of seriousness and acting in good faith and all the rest to get to where those opportunities present themselves. This is uh, there's this is probably going outside of like the daily habit thing, but I just uh, I, I mentioned this on a podcast that I was on recently as a guest. But it's it's this idea that you are you know the average of the your five closest friends. You know, running along that kind of concept. But I actually brought up you during Jaden's run. And it was like that idea that when you thought of running like 30K, it was like, wow, that's, that's like something I, I don't think I right. can, I can impossible. do. Impossible, right? And then you go, you go on the run and well, how far did you end up running? 30K. 30K. But I felt like a loser when I because I was the first guy out. You were and, the first K. And I, yeah. I actually probably could have went a lot further. I, 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 I just had a ride waiting for me. Yeah. But that <laughs> it was, was an ambulance. That, that was my, my, yeah. But that was my point is that you were running with guys that, that were, well, people, I should say that were all people that have ran, you know, call it a hundred K right. Or, or close the to bar that. was set so high. I, I remember one person there that I didn't know. I said, Hey, how long are you thinking of running at right at the start? And he goes, yeah, I don't know. We'll, we'll see. Right. And then, you know, over the course of 30 kilometers and a couple hours, I realized like this guy's run like a hundred miles 10 yeah. times before or something like this. Like I was thinking, are you doing 5k or 10k? Like that yeah. was my kind of scope of how, how long people were going to be running. And then it was like, whoa, yeah, I'm in a, I'm in a different spot. But that's, but this is so applicable to real estate investing and, and your goals when it comes to real estate investing, because we hang out with a lot of people that, you know, people that do deals almost on a weekly or bi-weekly basis right. in this market. Like they're doing a lot of transactions and a lot bigger than the transactions that we're doing. So it almost, it forces this pace that you're always analyzing and trying to understand 
deals and what's going on, right? And that's all across and, and people active throughout Canada and North America, right? So this is something you have to be around people that are monitoring markets, understand markets, are talking about markets. Are active in markets. Are active in markets, right? Because it, it one is you're going to learn a lot. You're going to have people that you can bounce ideas uh, off of. And it's also going to be, it, it's going to make what you're, what you're doing seem very achievable. Right. And in, and in a lot of cases like that run, by the end, it was like, I should have set my goals higher. And well, this actually, if, if, you know, I, I think Jaden's done with those runs, but the next yeah. run now, 30K is totally achievable in my mind. And actually I'm, my next run's longer. Yeah. Like that's, that's a fact. It's like, I blew past the goal because of the people that I was training with and the expectations at the run. Well, so that's the thing. So what you need to do is, and, and so there's a couple things. One is it's going to propel you forward. It's going to, it's going to motivate you to, you know, achieve your goals. You're also going to have the resources of the people around you. And it's kind of like the thing like where, uh, if you don't know, and you reach out to someone who's done it before you, they're going to offer their two cents. They're willing to help. But the third and and really the best factor is kind of what you already alluded to, this idea that there will be opportunities put in front of you, yeah. right? Like there will be, there, there are a ton of different ways to invest in real estate, whether you want to be a limited partner on something, whether you want to do a some kind of joint venture, whether you want to invest on your own or whether somebody maybe has a property that that they have under contract or or maybe they're selling something privately that might be a good fit for you. But the point is, is that you're only going to hear about these deals and you're only going to learn more as if you have a good network yeah. and you've built out that network and you should do it intentionally and uh, you should maintain it and, and not, and, and I like the Ken Rideout thing. Authentically. Authentically and authentically. Yeah. I mean, just be a good person to other people and uh, be a resource to them if required. But definitely don't hesitate to reach out to people. Yeah. And I do think that it's worth, you know, however, however you can do it. Uh, I think this is different for, it's more natural for some people than others, but it should be, you know, not necessarily an everyday thing, but it should be part of your weekly habits, your weekly goals to, to be making connections and, and maintaining them. Yeah, that's for sure. And whether that's uh, and the other thing is, is now, and I mean, you know, whether you're doing seminars or you're, you know, it's, it's more of a closed group or you're involved in a Reddit group, whatever it is, there's, there's, there are a lot of great resources, this podcast, for example. And the other thing I would say is that your agent, so assuming you have an agent in that market and there's really no reason you should not have an agent. In fact, you're doing yourself a disservice if you don't have an agent in that market. Everything I've ever bought outside of the lower mainland I've always, the first thing I do is get an agent because right. there's going to be no better resource than get someone an that's on and the a, ground. And the property manager. That's, well, yeah. And, and often, yeah. And either, and I think we've talked about this in the past, a bit of a hack is getting, a, talking to a property manager at first, first, so you can learn the, um, learn the rentals, what's going on in the area and also the vacancy rates and how easy it is for things to rent. And property managers are always happy to to talk to people and explain what's going on. They're also a great resource to find an agent in many cases yeah. in a in a given market because they'll know who the investor focused agents are that are operating in that market because they're often handling the rentals mm-hmm. for their clients, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, no. Good so point. so anyway, so I I think that's the other thing is, and we talked about this before we turned the mics on, but being active with that agent that you have. Like, and we've talked about this in the past. It's weird. You try to give everyone fantastic service, but the people that are, are, it's your, often your response and your, your involvement with someone matches their involvement with you. Because sometimes, and you can imagine this in any service related industry. Say, for example, I reach out to a guy and I say, Hey, I want to buy this car that was, you know, within, three years of, of, you know, three, less than three years old. I want to buy this model of car that, and then I basically go silent on him or don't communicate with him. I don't know if he's reaching out to me if that car comes up. Do you know what I mean? Cause you're he, not going to be the first call. 
I might not be the first call because I haven't. You might not be the second or third either. Well, that's exactly, (laughs) especially if it's like a hot ticket item. So being engaged and making sure that you're explaining your interest or asking questions or or just being engaged, I think is is just a good way to be in any market. Yeah, yeah, it's it's one of those things. It's I don't think it's intentional. It's just the facts of life. Right? Yeah, that's just how it works. It, yeah, you, exactly. You talk to certain people that are are serious week in week out, and if you talk to one guy who says, "Hey, let me know if you find anything," and you never hear from him again, it, chances are you're not going to find much. Well, yeah, and it's being front of mind, and I think that's what those network like networking with people as well, right? When the opportunity comes up, you get the call. Yeah, absolutely. All right, so those are the habits that you need to set up systems for in order kind of daily. Yeah. In order to, and, and here's the thing, if you're doing this day in, day out, you're going to achieve whatever goal you set by creating these systems as opposed to creating a goal, which is exactly what James Clear makes the case for in that book. Yeah. And I, I don't want to cut you off, but I just want to say, by the way, these five habits we just talked about, this is about 45 minutes of your day, maybe? Well, yeah, maybe not even. Not even, Yeah, right? I'm thinking half hour. It's not like I would do this with a coffee every morning. I mean, this is basically what I do with a coffee every morning. But this is like connecting on these points, reviewing everything. Like that sounds... Well, well, here's the thing. So so we've we've identified the, the habits, right? Reviewing listings, analyzing listings, for instance... There's the idea of bundling habits. Now right. you just made it the case, right? Like you get to the office, you pour a cup of coffee. At least in my mind, there's two things I do. Cup of coffee, review the new listings, review the news. What's going on? What do I need to know for the day? What's happening in the market, right? Right. And coffee's a pretty half hour spent in in by yourself with a cup of coffee doing this is actually bundling a pretty great habit of drinking coffee by sure. yourself with these in this case new habits right which is which is super useful totally totally so yeah so make it make it attractive by linking it with something that you enjoy doing right or something that's that's already a habit that you have maybe every day you check your email now check your Pack it on. Spend yeah. another 10 minutes checking checking the new listings when you get up first thing. And reducing friction is another thing that comes up in James Clear's books. And what I like about this is, so when you think about, like almost if you can have even your tabs already set up or connected as a profile on your right. on your search bar or whatever. So then everything's there, including your your Google Docs or whatever, your your Excel docs. It's all there to reduce any kind of friction. So it's really easy and straightforward. Well, think about you used to be the, you'd have to have a napkin in your pocket so you could do a back of the napkin analysis every time. It's embarrassing. I used to recreate the wheel every single time. (laughs) (laughs) What we're talking about, reducing friction, that Excel spreadsheet reduces a lot of friction. It's pretty easy to punch in. Private client services reduces a lot of friction. Getting those emails where the, yeah, you're not searching, hunting every time for the listings. You set it up once and you can modify it over time. That reduces friction, right? There's there's multiple ways to make this easy. Yeah. And and we're happy to to set things up for people and, and walk them through this, but really there's a lot of ways to make it, it really straightforward when you're looking for deals and that, and that's it, right? You have your, basically your list of things that you go through in a concise period of time. So make it attractive, bundle it with maybe another habit. Embrace small changes. And by this, and again, this is straight from, straight from atomic habits, but the idea here that, you know, the big win is hitting your goal, right? Sure. Uh, whether whatever type of investment that is, but celebrate those daily wins. It's like, you know, celebrate that you're you're actually looking at the listings every day and you're doing that day in day out. Celebrate that you're analyzing properties. Yeah. Celebrate that you're writing offers, that you're going yeah. to see properties that may be the right fit. Like all of these things, it's uh, fun and exciting stuff. Yeah. And and there it's actually like going back to this idea of, hey John, you were going to buy a property, right? It's November. Oh yeah. I was going to do that. I got to get on that. Like that's the shame, right? That's a waste of a year when you have goals. These are these small little parcels of wins 
parcels of wins, whatever, you know what I mean, yeah. are, are really things to be celebrated. I, and I, yeah, I'd go and I'd go a, a step further. And really what you're celebrating is like the reps, right? Because if you talk to anybody that does really great real estate investing, they would probably say to you, yeah, it's, it's, it's like reps, right? It's like, how many times have you analyzed a deal? Like that's where all the success really comes from is like being involved is, is seeing stuff, knowing the good opportunities from the bad opportunities and when to double down and when not to. Absolutely. You know, there was two other things we, we wanted to talk about one. And I was thinking about this because, you know, as it is a new year, you know, everybody makes changes. And I was telling you a story because I was re-listening to Atomic Habits about changing your identity and the way you think about Right. Uh, yourself and how you right. present yourself. And, you know, we're what, 10 days into the new year and I'm trying to kick sugar. And uh, the other day I was talking to somebody about, oh yeah, you know, I'm, I'm really changed my, my eating habits. I was at a like intermission at a Canucks game. And I made some comment about, yeah, you know, I gotta, you know, I can't have uh, a lickier, like this is not exactly the situation, but I can't have a bite of that donut because you'll find me face down and, you know, a dozen donuts and then onto the cakes. And Which is how I found you this yeah. morning when I came to the office. Yeah. <laughs> but the idea was, oh, ha ha, you know, whatever it was, this isn't that funny as a retelling. But the point is I walked away thinking the minute I stop testing myself on sugar consumption, I'm going to go back to yeah. whatever that identity is that I still clearly hold right. as who I truly am. Yeah. Right. It's about changing the way you think about yourself yeah. as part of the goal. And in this case, thinking of yourself as an investor. Yeah. Right. I mean, and that's, it's, yeah, that's how you engage people. And that's, that's, I do that a lot. I often tell people I'm a, a chocoholic, but for booze, because I, I want to just disassociate myself with things. Uh, no, it works both ways. But the, no, the other, I, I, I'm, I'm joking only, but the, the idea is that uh, you, 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 you want to be, I think the, the exact example that he uses in Atomic Habits is it's a woman who's trying to lose weight and she starts saying, at lunch, what would a healthy person eat? Right. Right. And it's that idea, like I'm a healthy person, so I don't grab the bowl of, of ice cream or whatever, or the big cheesy pasta. I grab the chicken salad, whatever it is. Right. But it's that same idea that you should be reframing who you are. You're somebody that analyzes the market. You're like somebody who analyzes listings. You're someone who's capable of seeing value as opposed to good value versus poor value, right? Or bad value. And I, I think that's that's who you need to kind of, you should really think of yourself that way in this marketplace if you want to be an investor. Yeah. Or in any marketplace, right? So yeah, changing your identity, letting your identity come into it and making every, every day count as like a vote towards that identity, right? Which is another James Clear thing. Every Every small action related to this. And then the other thing that we should talk about, Matt, and this is this is key as well. But focus on the systems and not the goals. And this is this is kind almost of a reiteration, it, yeah, bringing it back full circle. Like so, so the goal might be, hey, look, I want to buy a revenue property this year. But as we mentioned, the system to get there is, you know, every day you should be one devouring everything at you know local news and and everything about your specific about your market. You should be looking over the market stats and understanding the sub-markets. You should be reviewing your listings and making sure that you're looking for the latest opportunities. You should be analyzing the ones that stand out as good opportunities and running numbers to make sure you understand, uh, again, the good from the bad from the ugly, potential properties that could be real kind of pitfalls. And last but not least, you should be connecting with people that you value their opinion or that you aspire to be like in terms of your investing goals. And you should be ready to act, right? Yeah. It goes without saying, you know, all of this is with the goal in mind of actually achieving those goals. So through all of this, you should be gaining confidence and you should be ready to go see properties and write offers and celebrate that, whether you get the property or not as a win and you'd be surprised how quickly you'll achieve your goals. Well, and we joked about this, and this is, you know, timestamp. What are we here? We're January 10th when we're recording this. And with the market, it's kind of like a bit of a TBD moment on the market. The optimism in the market feels a lot 
higher than it did two weeks ago. There's a strong possibility that November and December might have been the low points of the uh, real estate market for the past, call it 12 months. And there were not a lot of transactions, but I saw some pretty good deals for buyers happen in November and December. And you know what we were talking about is this idea that every time we see a slowdown in the market in Vancouver, or every time we see the market shift at all, it somehow it feels different. Like, now nah, this is the one that's going to knock the legs out of the market. This is, it's all, it's all downhill from here. No, it's always, real estate was a horrible investment. It's always different. It's always, it's so hard to shake that kind of logic. Right. And and it happens, I think on both sides, right. Things will keep going up forever and things will keep, Oh my God, this is, you know, we're never going to, we're never going to get back to where we were. It's never going to be busy again, whatever. Yeah, you're right. The FOMO is the exact same th- yeah. logic. No, right? it's, it's like look, this idea that I should like, show you my uh, Ethereum account if you want to. <laughs> you want to talk FOMO? Yeah, if you want to talk FOMO from a couple of years ago. Yeah, no kidding. But well, this is it, and so it's it's that idea of never being able to recognize an opportunity. So as, as a as kind of a final thought on that too is. If you're seeing it, like, don't forget to kind of pan out and look at what the market's been doing over longer periods of time. I mean, it's hard to look at the sales ratios in Vancouver the past two or three months and some of the deals that happened for buyers and not think, geez, in the grand scheme of, of things, this was an opportunity. And there's, there are opportunities in this market and they're punctuated throughout time. But if you look at the charts from the, the last few hey, decades... We've seen the sales volume in the last year, year and a half, whatever it is. Like We're talking, it hasn't been this slow since 2000. Right. So we're, we're two decades. So it's been, and we're, we're going on two years of extremely slow in terms of sales volumes. Right. Right. Like I talked to somebody today who said uh, he was a real a realtor, but he actually put it, uh, well, he's like... Yeah, man. Last year, everyone was in hibernation and that's how it feels. But it's, I don't think it gets much worse from here in terms of sales volumes. That's right. for sure. And if you're a buyer, it's always good to shop when sales volumes are low. Yeah. And I mean, I think the same could be said for a lot of different markets in BC and there's a lot of exciting opportunities in other markets in BC. So um, with that said, Matt, I think that's it. That's it. All right. Well, cut to the outro. So there you have it, folks, our discussion about daily habits to get you to where you want to be as a real estate investor in Vancouver or anywhere you're looking to invest in real estate. Yeah, it reminds me of why we do these things that we do on a daily basis. It's nice to kind of crystallize, crystallize what you do and think about it and potentially improve it in the future. We've talked to hundreds of really, really top-notch real estate investors out there and they're looking at deals. You got to, you know, on market, off market, you're looking at deals. You're looking at deals, other people's deals, your own deals. You're just always looking at deals. Do that make sense? So hopefully you found that useful. It's worth pointing out again, Brandon Augmentson, chief economist, BCREA. He's always a huge get for this show. He's coming back on next week. We also have the team at MLA Canada at the end of January with their forecast, which is super exciting. We just yeah. got a, a number of banger episodes coming up. We, we've been sending out our invites for 2024. It's been fun actually sitting down and going, you know, who Tom Davidoff coming on talking zoning. Yeah, we've got so many great guests coming, but we've also got so many people, you know, there's only 52 weeks that we've got to fill. And it's actually more like 48 because there's a few weeks there that we're we're away or whatever. It's a really but, challenging position to be in. Well, there's so many good people, right? And it's, it's, it's hard uh, to curate. It's, a, it's again, it's a byproduct of uh, just doing this show for so long because we've got kind of re- recurring guests. And then we've also got people that we'd love to have on the show for the first time. So anyways, the invites are going out. And if you're listening, there might be an invite on the way. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And if you want to learn more, head over to VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. This is our website where all things real estate related live. If you're interested in getting a research tool set up or 
the live wire. This is our weekly mailer where you get, especially in this case, relevant to this conversation, stats. You do get those snap stats, which are sales ratios where you can monitor specific submarkets, specific price bands. That's over at our site, VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We also have, of course, private client services. Yeah, Matt. And if you are not using PCS, you are standing still while the rest of us power walk by. You get sold prices, days on market. You basically get realtor level information for free. It's available at your fingertips over at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. You just click sell with, buy with us. Buy with buy us. With us. You and, can sell uh, with us. Yeah, but, but you can click case, them both. But the big thing is that you're going to get your uh, PCS login and uh, information. You can set up a PCS account. And this is, again, if you're thinking about applying some of the habits that we've just gone over, step number one is have a program like PCS. It doesn't have to be PCS, but really having your own portal of new listings that you're monitoring, it makes it so much easier. It makes take, life so take much Take the easier. friction. Take the friction out. Exactly. Uh, and PCS does that. Uh, if you want to find out more about that or anything else, you can try me at 778-847-2854 or Matt at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. Or you can try me at 778-866-4574 or Adam at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. And of course, we got that Kokomo line, info at VancouverRealEstatePodcast.com. We'll have a great week and another fantastic episode coming next week. We've got Brendan Augmentson. Massive. Huge. Can't wait. Two thousand faces for radio. Subscribe today.